0: This is a podcast from 3RRR102.7FM in Melbourne, truly independent community radio.
1: Huh! There
2: you go, a little bit of an added extra there. No. Huh!
1: Your, um, your James head...
2: Brown comes to book a <laughs> team of MGs.
1: Your headphones are cranked to maximum. I saw Just just before you went, huh! Huh! You went and turned the thing up as loud as it would go.
2: Let me do my thing. (laughs) Yeah. You're talking about food. Hello, Cameron Smith. Uh, Matt Steadman, uh, what a glorious thing it is to regard you with your your special little red headphones. And uh, Yes. Provided to not. I don't want people to think that Matt is one of these... Headphone Radio pre-midons. wankers that has his own headphones that he brings in. Or uh, that he speaks into a gold-plated microphone.
1: Yes. No, just the standard plastic. Yes. This little Sennheiser here. And welcome back from uh, Bendigo. Yeah. Um, You're back in the in the big smoke. Uh,
2: I, I am back in the big smoke. Bendigo is awesome. Yes. Cold. Yes. Very cold. Actually,
1: you know, I, was gonna, I say this every year and I get it wrong. I think this could be the week that we've broken the back of winter.
2: There he goes again. Yes. Free. I get, if oh. anything, but predictable. But yesterday, yes, was quite
1: nice walking around the. Snow. That was. Top and dare and,
2: and, and I say, I wrote down in my notes. Yes, the magnolia is blossoming. <laughs> you can uh, see it there, yes. there it is. The magnolia. But, uh, but there it is. There is there is a wee bit of hope. <laughs> a hope, hope on the horizon for for some uh, some warmer weather. Well, that's a bit um, actually,
1: which quite, should be great. It's pretty springtime-like out there today because it's windy. Yeah. Like in the
2: wind getting blown
1: around. Actually, well, that's
2: what happens. You get this unsettled sort of stuff. It's, uh, and it's such a contrast to the, dare I say, the mm. beauty, of June. The where, beauty where, of June. Where? The beauty The beauty of June. The poem that I've written. <laughs> uh, it started like this. I look across the calendar, <laughs> June, and I think, gosh, I'm feeling like a loon. Um, but... June is great because yep. the the novelty of the cold weather is there, and you rediscover Shiraz and mm. and braised dishes, whether yep. uh, you know all that sort of stuff. But mm. spring is kind of crazy, yeah, and unpredictable, yeah. And and here it is, writ large. Mm. But um, I did notice that as I was coming up Nicholson Street, and uh, a little bit of sadness because I I saw the, the the bones of Pope Joan. Oh, right. You yes. know, Matty's place, you know, that's... Uh, but, uh, but, you know, from yin to yang, it's like, oh, but the Magnolia's out and And the pie shop's still there. And the pie shop, mm. even though it's not open on a
1: Sunday. No, much to my regret. Chagrin. Yes, we try fasting every Sunday, the one day it's closed.
2: Yeah. Um, are we doing food show today? Oh, thank you to scientists. Yes. Um, and also, big, big thanks, kudos, to the doctors. Mm. Um, just showing why... Uh, we need this station operating that can give it. alternate narratives we're, to uh, to what politicians can be pushing. Mm. I talk specifically talking to a uh, Sudanese uh, oh, doctor who'd God. been working in Orange, and uh, yeah, well, uh, bravo. yes, bravo, and you'll hear a lot bravo, more. Don't
1: that, don't believe the hype in three weeks' time when we do the radiothon. Not today. We're not going to bang that drum today. Well,
2: we are. have got we, a li- we've got a little. We're going to get the uh, the bongos out. <laughs> we're getting just, the, just, the drums are getting rescheduled. Yeah, yeah. Just we, we wait for that. That's uh, that is coming up. Uh, today's show, um, Matt. I was saying a uh, a metaphor. Matt will look back at me and say, "No, do you doff use cliche?" Mm. Melbourne's restaurant scene is a rich tapestry. <laughs> <laughs> you I just like you doing this to the, see your face. You can't see the facial expression I just gave you. He's got his <laughs> arms folded like Donald Trump. That's <laughs> fantastic. Unfold your arms, man. There you go. All right. What I, what I wanted to do was just really... I wanted to draw two threads of the of the restaurant scene of Melbourne, right? Will you give me that? Two threads from the tapestry, you say? That's right. Right. Tease the mouth. I just <laughs> like teasing you. It's great. I'm making you blush and everything. Okay. The mm. first is th- serious. Here we go. Um, in, the, in the green room right now, we have yes. um, Philip Kennedy, who is... Uh, from Pure South, originally not from Pure South, mm. but we'll talk about that. And and here is a restaurant who's, which is, is unique in Melbourne in the fact that it is there to promote the diamonds of the state's agriculture. And We speak of what mm. was then known as the, or previously known as the Apple Isle. Yes. It's more than that now. Mm. Fine art, great yes. food, great wine. And a rising culture. Dare
1: I say, almost a little bit hipster,
2: if you go to Hobart. Totes? Mm. We'll ask Philip about that. But anyway, we're, we're going we're to we're tease that out, and we're at uh, this thread. Yes. Thank you. Mm. The um, And we look forward to him. He's going to be our first guest on the show. And then our second guest isn't here, but he's promised he's going to bring us pizza. Yes. Which always helps. It does. People come in. His name is Matthew Tyne. Mm. He's a restaurant in the inner city in Fitzroy. One, two, two, Johnson Street, I think it was. Yeah, one, two, two, Johnson Street, and Fitzroy. called? Mr. Otterino. Mr. Otterino. Si. And um, Matthew comes from um, a Italian heritage. Mm. Specifically, I'm pretty sure, Sicilian, but we'll check up right. on that. Mm-hmm. And his whole restaurant and his ethos reflects those that came before him mm. from another hemisphere. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm. And um, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, his, well, his parents, obviously, yes. and, and how they've um, informed what he cooks on his menu. And, and a menu, I dare say, that Matt looked at and said, I want to order the chicken. Which is a very
1: rare thing for me to say on a menu. Yeah. How often do you go to a restaurant and order the chicken? Hardly well, ever. Well, most of the time I'd
2: say, have you given up? <laughs> if you order the chicken. Yeah, right. Well, it is a bit like that, isn't it? Yeah. You know um yeah. but um it looks pretty good because it's why nona's nona's crispy roast chicken yeah he knows how to bloody it, doesn't he yeah nona crispy yeah. Yeah. two things together huh? <laughs> irresistible yeah irresistible so anyway there is the this is the the tapestry which we pluck from yes yes <laughs> thank you not that i wanted to tease mad at all no. um so yeah here we are 1209 time is flying uh, okay. But I have a quote please, for today. Do you like chocolate? Uh, I, I don't mind a bit of chocolate. No? I don't eat a huge amount of it, but it's all right. This might appeal to you. Okay. And you out there. Let's see. Uh, this comes from Sandra Boynton, <laughs> like who Sandra Boynton. Like, whose name sounds like a bed spring. Sandra <laughs> Boynton. Um, As with most fine things, chocolate has its season. And there is a simple memory aid that you can use to determine whether it is the correct time to order chocolate dishes. Mm-hmm. So, you ready? Any month that whose name contains the letter A, E, or U is the proper time for chocolate. Which would be all of them. By Sandra Boynton. <laughs> Boynton. And on this day, in uh, 1586... Eyebrows lifted. Thank you, Matt. Yes. The potato was introduced to England... 1586, right? Yes, and it was old Sir Thomas Harriot who introduced potatoes. I thought it was Sir Walter Drake, actually, uh, on this day. Imagine the excitement back
1: then of discovering a new food. You'd, you'd run into the into the hall. It's a bit lumpy.
2: <laughs> what do we do with this? What do we do with this? Well, you know the story about Parmentier, don't you? No. Well, the, the no. whole thing. Uh, he, uh, parmentier was the father of the potato. Mm-hmm. He, he was also um, during the, he was um, he was captured by who was he captured by the Corsicans, I think. Mm-hmm. He was a doctor um, with the French, and he was actually captured. And he was fed potatoes. They kept him alive for his years of capture, and he became the great proponent for this new thing. I guess he got very the, used to them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he thought they were great because <laughs> they kept away. It's yeah. potato Friday. Yeah. <laughs> it. But the, the peasants were very, very suspicious of this thing. There was a
1: suspicion of things that grew from the soil, was there Under not? the ground, yeah, yes. Yeah. Not good. That's not godly.
2: And so what, what, what he did was um, he got the troops to guard these potatoes during the day and said, hey, don't you worry. get away from those potatoes? <laughs> And and then and then they go away at night time. Uh, so all the peasants went, "Oh, the troops are gone." <laughs> we should dig up these spuds, huh? And they did, and that's how the potato became popularised. And yeah. also, Marie Antoinette uh, wore a potato flower um, at court, so the wearing of the potato flower became a bit of a political act. Uh. Uh, Twelve eleven. Um, okay, so that's the show. Yes. Um, we are breaking with tradition. Matt um, has proposed something absolutely crazy. Yes. And and, and this is actually because of some, some very, very sad news, which I've only just heard of. Chris Wilson. Yes,
1: famous uh, Melbourne musician. Unfortunately, uh, was diagnosed with cancer, and we found that out this week. So, actually, there's a benefit concert coming terrible up. Terrible news. It is terrible news. There's a benefit concert coming up at the Corner Hotel, which is sold out. So, mm. I think there's a waiting list for tickets. And there's
2: also a Go... is a GoFundMe. There is
1: a GoFundMe page. So, we'll whack the link for that on our Twitter feed. And it's doing very well, I'm pleased to say. And,
2: and so it should, because here, mm. is, here is a man who I've seen many times who... Same. Uh, ...on occasion just made me weep, because mm. <laughs> of that bloody voice. Mm. And... Um, Every time, pretty much, I saw him, I would just get shivers up and down my spine because mm. of that bellowing voice and that soul and um, the great humanity of the man.
1: So, so our break with tradition, we're going to play a song right now. Right now. We're going to go back in the time machine. I'm just going to hit play so you can talk over the start of it. Stand by.
2: Oh, really? Okay. Well, um, yes. So, Crown of Thorns. Yes. Chris Wilson this uh, does tend to noodle on a bit we'll uh, we'll see you uh matt's picked a good time to come out yeah, but it's a classic and it's chris Wilson, and he sings at you like this twelve nineteen here on three triple r f m um there was a couple of things i wanted to uh to mention mm-hmm. um, um grub street grub's kitchen mm-hmm. in uh in beautiful downtown Fitzroy, mm. um, they're having something coming up during uh, the next couple of months. Mm. Uh, I'm just reading from the thing. Grub in Fitzroy is back with another nine sessions. The sweet set. What this is is uh, having people from around the the traps mm. coming in and using their fabulous location. Mm. You haven't been there, have you? No. It's very um, eclectic. I mm. suppose it's like an art director. Has been let loose and has all, all these crazy props from, from crazy productions in this one place. Very, very comfy, bit of greenery. It's not corporate. It's, it's, it's kind of bespoken and, and lovely. But anyway, so, uh, Grub Sessions will, uh, will host Miss Ladybird Cakes, Susan Cacao, um, Fig and Salt. All are welcome. Boris Portno. Uh, Don't Lose Your Temper, Father's Day, very suitable name match. Uh, Sticky Fingers, Cob Lane, Biblot, and um, Pierre Boyer. They're all coming together? No, mm. in separate times. Oh, right. So um, look up Grabstead, Fitzroy.com.au for tickets. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be a fun way to spend the next couple of months. So um, I was just to ask if I could maybe give that a little bit of a plug. And I yes. love the space and I like the people and um, I think it's valid. Yes. There you go. Sounds good. Um, one thing that um, we we look at with great sadness, and, and we're mm. digressing a little bit here at 1221 we're on at 3 triple we're FM. We're just going to briefly go off-piste. Yeah, off-piste. Um, is, yes. well, the demise of Fairfax. Mm. 175, 176-year tradition. Yes, and just um, brought up
1: this week by Channel
2: 9. And about to be subsumed by an entertainment company. Yes. Um, I view this with a bit of sadness, although I guess if we look at it, we're all kind of guilty.
1: Yeah, well... Are I, we not? I mean, I, we
2: point the finger and go, oh, it's terrible. Mm. It's like, as you say...
1: I don't have a Fairfax subscription, yeah. so
2: I can't really complain. <laughs> no. I, I know, I know. But I guess what that does do, and, and maybe for um, for the case of talking about this mm. on the radio here, on a community radio station known as 3 Triple RFM, we view diversity in media and independence in media very, very strongly. And perhaps I would put to you that Radiothon, which is coming up in about three weeks' time, becomes yes. even more relevant to the landscape of media.
1: Mm, I would agree.
2: And, um, yeah, maybe it's um, – uh, if you are lapsed, maybe have a think about um, supporting independent thought. Yes. And not foot in the door. And you'll have, a, you'll have a good and
1: timely opportunity in three weeks when we um, have on. the annual Radiothon <laughs> campaign.
2: Yes, yeah, so that, that's coming. But um, we should probably move on because um, it's time to talk to Philip Kennedy about yes. uh, Pure South and um, how he made that journey there hmm. with his needle and thread. Yes. <laughs> just one more time, just doing it for Matt. <laughs> man. Um, stay tuned, folks. You're on Eat It on 3RRR. And we thank them for joining us, and uh, we also look across at the desk and we thank Philip Kennedy, director, just handed me his card, and Matt and I (laughs) were saying, hey, nice card. Thank you very much. That's good. Now, you need to get closer to that microphone, just come and snuggle up to it. Philip, thank you for joining us.
0: Thanks for having me in, Cam. 15
2: years. It's been at Pure South. Mm.
0: I get told that that's a People gasp a little bit sometimes. Not many restaurants last 15 years. In Melbourne,
2: really, do Well, that's true. We just um, sell it. What did we do? Um, Cumulus. Just turned 10.
0: Yeah, it sounds old, doesn't
2: it? Yeah, turned 10. It's, uh, you know, double figures now, but you've surpassed that. But with an idea. And the whole notion of this place on South Bank um, grew from an idea of pretty much being a champion of agriculture and viticulture of our southernmost island state.
0: Yeah, correct. It, wa- it wasn't. It wasn't too. Uh, the idea wasn't too uh, ethereal, really. We just got excited. Visited some farmers, fishermen. Looked at a guy sitting there with a guy coming off a boat yeah. on Flinders Island once. Is a short story. Giving it to a chef, and it wasn't off the boat more than a hundred meters, and it's, you know, twenty-minute flight from Flinders Island back to. Uh, the mainland Marabin, 20 minutes up the road to south bank there's a restaurant that'll do got the really excited about just fresh produce from somewhere that you knew where it came from you knew the quality of it, it was clean green fresh healthy uh grew up on a farm where we, where we ate all our own stuff up, you're uh, from
2: northern northern victoria
0: yeah far less uh glorious country as far as the beautiful landscapes of King Island, Flinders Island, and Tasmania. Where, where um, are you
2: from? What, what, what area?
0: Makata is a little spot in between... Makata. Makatar Makata. There's some interesting oh.
2: syllables together.
0: <laughs> Makata. It's in between the Lingalook, Katamatite, Yarrawonga, and Cobram.
2: Oh, that's a pretty nice neck of the woods. Lingalonga and
0: Yarrawonga, as they say. I do love the Murray River.
2: Yeah, so it's river country. Yeah. Um... Not quite as spectacular um, sort of topography as you get in Tasmania or, or you know, a, a coast, a, an island in the bloody roaring 40s. Excuse Correct. my bloody, sorry. Um, that was a bit gratuitous, wasn't it? Um, but it, it was, you also said you, you had a visit to King Island.
0: Started on King Island, the notion originally. How long ago was that? 2003. Yeah, you remember it well. Mm
2: and and why? Why did you go to King Island?
0: Uh, it was my brother and I, uh, TK, Tony. He's yeah. uh, he's just a, he's an ideas man.
2: Yes. He's <laughs> the ideas dude. Yes.
0: Yeah, we, we went to King Island and he thought it would be a great idea to meet these farmers that we'd already bumped into over a beer. And you and flew. You flew Yeah, in. yeah little planes. Into, and uh got excited about this these guys reminded me of 1978, you know. They were just honest and authentic about the product. Yeah. Uh, I think you find this as a constant in our suppliers. They'll talk to you forever about the quality of the product of their animals, of their animal welfare, of the, you know... Blood loans. Everything, right? It's about grass. It's about the air. It's about... It's just old-fashioned... Earnest farming, there's science involved with it now. Of course, they're not hicks. They're, they know exactly what they're doing. They're at forefront of it. But but it's it, a timeless uh, notion of uh, of of quality and earnesty, earnest, honest, just authentic, fair income. And when you're in restaurants and hospitalities I have been for a while. When you actually meet the suppliers again, uh, uh, for me, it reminded me of where I came from. Mm. Um, we ate our own lamb and beef and you know granddad's chooks and eggs and yeah. made our own butter and yes. and grew our veggies on the farm and i, I sort of reminded me of that and we thought gee you could it's not that hard to make a restaurant out of it i was yeah. wrong it was hard
2: <laughs> how hard could that be <laughs> yeah jesus is your smack smack smack
0: yeah it's actually harder yeah you know, every day we it's not the path of least resistance it's not easy we deal with farmers and fishermen Every day, every week, got little planes coming up. That we're we're not chartering the planes; they're coming anyway. We've mm. got great relationships with people to get it here.
2: Because there there is that the, you know the French have that notion that uh, and the the word if you look at it spelled looks like a dog uh, terroir, <laughs> which actually looks like terrier. And you go, gee, the French are weird. But but that is the the notion of how the land of which the the food comes from is is reflected in that food. Correct.
0: Correct. And it and it is and good farmers know that. I mm. think that probably that dry country farming and irrigation farming that I grew up with is less authentic to that because we're actually changing the the environment with the irrigation, etc.
2: Yeah, especially if we look at sort of like a uh, beef and huge feedlots and you know grain then, grain feeding, which you know at the beginning we thought wow this is all really modern and fantastic, but then after a while we sort of scratched our heads and wonder maybe actually maybe there's a better way and maybe the previous way might have been a better way to do these
0: things there you go a lot of people have turned back that way we're, we're playing we're helping people with making heritage breeds commercially viable mm. people like mount Noman farm say um, that again mount mount Noman, like mount. a gnome
2: yeah oh no g- gnome
0: gnoman gnoman yeah. gnoman, yeah. gnoman yeah. farm yeah. so tell us about them Guy Robertson is an environmental scientist. He's at uni. Yes. And his partner got excited about reviving rare breeds. Yes. So they bought this beautiful little farm in the Dyle Range just up in the hills above Penguin on the north coast of Tassie. Mm-hmm. And they have oh, sheep, beef, pigs, uh, chickens, ducks they're quite mad all on the same farm yes breeds like wessex saddlebacks so wessex saddlebacks a great example it's extinct in great britain
2: is it really Mm. i didn't know that Mm.
0: but the genetics are here and in new zealand and he's actually sent stock and dna to other farms now where other people are reviving these rare breeds we started with guy he had a he was doing a pig a fortnight he was putting. Uh, pork and hams and small goods into the local farmer's markets. Yes. He went to three pigs a fortnight, then he went to six pigs a fortnight, then he went to six a week, and he's doing more than that now, and he's got a little butcher shop on the farm. And Wessex Saddleback's genetics are pretty safe.
2: They're pretty strong here now. I mean... That's we, very new. Uh, that's yeah, th- Matt, I mean, Matt's nodding his head. You know about the, this mm. breed, don't you? Indeed. And it was allowed to just... Just go, In, and
0: the reason is it grows slow, yeah. so that's not great for commercial farming. Yeah. It's fatty, yes. so people turn their nose up a little bit fatty. So we want lean white meat that's got no fat on it, and it grows quickly. And but if you actually put the large white pig next to the Wessex saddleback, yes, I know which one you'll want to eat and come back for. So, so that, that, he, I can't, I don't claim to be. A huge part of that, but he 's a champion for it, and doing the same with beef breeds, rare beef breeds, and lambs, etc
2: well, this is sort of in the way how um, the um, the meat industry a while ago sort of shot itself in the foot. this is sorry a bit of a digression here, but there, there was this whole thing that we need to breed um, uh, f- not fat free animals but less fat and uh, then what we did was we took away all the flavour away from the the meat didn't we uh, i agree yes yeah um okay so when you uh, when you first started off how many specialist suppliers did you have
0: oh i guess there were a couple of people who took their product to the market pretty well already yes but i would have, have thought half of our oh gee more more than half of our product on the the main ingredient or protein from each dish on the menu, we would have had to fly it in ourselves, set up our own logistics, if you like, to get it from the farm to the restaurant in Melbourne. Mm. Um, and I suppose we started with a dozen like that. A dozen, uh, yeah, okay. yeah. Over the journey, there's been a couple of hundred, and they come and go with the seasons, and you know, we'll a couple out. of hundred, absolutely. Wow,
2: mm. wow, and and I guess what that also does is. This reflects the, the the very, very changing nature of the state of Tasmania, because, as you said, when you first went there, it was like nineteen seventy eight um, but and to me, I was talking to Matt about this, maybe I talk to you about it as well, that Tasmania used to be known as the Apple Island. Mm. like we've got orchards, we grow apples, we 've got a casino in rest Point. <laughs>
0: uh, I think that's
2: right. We've got a river, the bridge got damaged. <laughs> I think I remember that sort of happened, and that was about it. Yeah. But how, tell us about how you've sort of seen it grow. Uh, grow, sorry.
0: First time I did a serious tour of Backroads, Tasmania, finding farmers, mm. finding fishermen and produce artisan producers was uh, 2003, mm-hmm. and uh, it was 1978. It might have been 1980, but it was few footy seasons ago, yeah, I quite enjoyed the charm of that. I loved yeah. it actually, but th- certainly the hospitality industry, which I'm most interested in down there, has come on. It's it's 2018 there now. There's Very no much. doubt about it. Yeah, well, they're right on point. Yes. Um, not just Hobart, but um, Launceston's moved on a lot, and yeah. everyone has a crack at Lonnie. Yes. But, uh, it, there's a. I had a weekend there just two weeks ago, and could, after visiting some farmers and fishermen with a couple of my chefs, yeah. I stayed for the football met a couple of friends, went out, ate and drank, and checked out Lonnie. And it was really good. Yes. Yeah, tried Briar for a breakfast in the main street where they deal with farmers. And what was it called, Briar? Yeah, B-R-Y-H-E-R, funny name. I don't know yeah, them okay. at all, but yeah. I, I just loved the girls that looked after us at the table and told us where the food came from, and I think that sort of thing was is great. I went to the... Um, the farmer's market ran into a few people i know it's easy to catch them all in one spot yes which tends to concentrate all those people and and fabulous really mm-hmm. good we, we went there and we made that brunch and just nibbled our way around the farmer's market and then wandered off to the footy at Lonnie and it was terrific and
2: um and obviously this this has to be said there's the uh the uh moma effect too yeah i think it's the, it's the constant. It's 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 the big one that sort of drew all these sort of strings together in a, in, a, in a kind of a way, isn't
0: it? Yeah, one mad guy uh, and making his
2: money from gambling. Yeah, good on him. Yeah, good on him. Yeah, we like he, him. He beat the house. <laughs> he did indeed. He he really really did. So um, okay. So uh, we've. uh Oh yeah. You get around this island. You know this island pretty much like, I would say, pretty much like the back of your hand because you've sort of dabbled a lot of this island. I just saw you go up into the I'm thinking about that. I don't to like I'm, no, no, I'm no, no. a but,
0: local because but, I'm not. No, but, but I get down there a lot.
2: Hidden gems that maybe... Okay, so the, the obvious one is Hobart. Yeah. Uh, Mona, yeah. uh, you said Lonnie is uh, a good thing. Uh, Devonport's okay too. It's and yeah. it's
0: on a move big time right now. Devonport. Yeah, there's it a lot of people with a lot of energy in Devonport around building around farmers' markets, foraging, being able making that accessible. Providor Place is a new yeah. and it, it's going to be really cool. Mm-hmm. So that's happening as well. Um, I, the North Coast from there across to Robbins Island where I've got friends but staying up at Stanley and that part of the world it's really quite remote it's a really unique part of Australia it's absolutely beautiful and the produce is fantastic if you can find it and we've weeded it out over 15 years so we know our way around pretty well yeah fairly good air coming across the uh, the western oceans yeah beautiful isn't
2: it now if you haven't got a chance to uh, go down to Tasmania either flying or taking the ferry you can always avail yourself to the uh, the restaurant on the south of the Yarra, uh, across from Flinders
0: Street Station, and you
2: have got some special dinners coming up, haven't you?
0: We do, yeah. Thank you. So, it's actually a couple of collaborations. We're, uh, we're I love wine. I'm, I've, hey, I'm, we're we're only human. Yeah,
2: Matt, Matt just put his hand up. Yep. Um, Hello, pick
0: so me. we've taken and. Uh, collaborated with a couple of winemakers and bought fruit and made wine for years down mm. in Tassie as well mm. and it's not that much of a huge commercial part of what I do at all it's just a bit of fun and yes. I love engaging the staff in that, they love it get on a plane go down to Hobart for a day and get involved in the winemaking process even send the Somalia down and spend a couple of days with the winemakers as part of their it's job like and
2: bloody heaven yeah okay it
0: is good fun that's the fun yeah. part of the job we, we're not doing it all the time but yeah that's a great fun part of the job and mm. so uh wine so we travel as much see wineries as we do the food as well so we um have a lot of wines tassie wines on the list it's not a tassie wine list but there's, it's fairly well supported by Tasmanian wines. On the, um, so, Wine Tasmania is a is a just an association of wine wineries and winemakers in. We're poised for the date. What's the date? Twelve August. So two 12 weeks. August, Sunday. Matt's, Matt's writing furiously. This will be on the website too, by the way. Twelfth of August. Sunday. 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 Yep. So from midday for the afternoon, we're oh. turning the restaurant into a, a cocktail party of Tasmanian wines and. What we're doing is bunching them in little regions, in groups. Yeah. So if you're from that region, you're in that part of the room, and we're going to bring some farmers' produce from that region and match it to the wine.
2: That sounds great. How much?
0: Easy peasy. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) this <laughs> <laughs> is a
2: labor of love ladies and gentlemen you can feel this well, do well,
0: farmers I, always say that so th- th- you have a half an hour an hour of conversation if you haven't mentioned money or logistics yet yeah. you, you know their produce is great because <laughs> it's all <laughs> i talk about oh that's beautiful
2: um look philip 15 years of being on south bank promoting um our southern ireland i think it's great and also being a witness to the growth of of this place i think it, it's fantastic and here it is On the Yarra A reflection of the South And congratulations to you And all the crew that do that Oh and also mention It's a good place for breakfast too It's uh, it's not just all about fine dining Two levels It's all good um, Philip we've got Matt here I think he's brought in some pizza Do you want to he hang knows. around for a piece of pizza?
0: Well that's what that bottle of wine I just well, brought maybe we should in a glass of wine? You told Matt. me he might bring pizza I thought Tasmanian pinot all bang, right.
2: bang on Matthew, time for Mr. Otterino, will be in next. And, yes. And uh, I'll go and dig up some wine glasses and we'll have a chat to him. Sounds good. Will you give me time to do that, Matt? Yeah. Thank you. Philip, you rock. Thank you so much for coming in. Thanks, guys. Oh, yeah. Good music. <laughs> Bar- Barito, also a good place. Yes. Agreed. And I think they might be Sicilian as well. Um, getting a nod from our, our guest, who is that guest, Cameron? Well, it's our guest's name is someone whose name I have just That's murdered. all right. Oh, That's Matthew. Right. So um, I was sort of giving him the Skippy name, which is uh, Matthew Tine. Tine, <laughs> Matty Tine. How the hell are you going, mate? <laughs> can, you, can you come around? And of course. Um, Matthew, who I've known for, we've known each other for a few oh, footy seasons now, haven't we? We have
3: known each other a while,
2: um, yes. But you think I could do him the honour of getting his uh, last name right? His last name, of course, is Matthew Tine 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 Tine. Tine. Easy. It's easier than Tyne. Easy peasy, Sicilian easy. Um, um, tell us about, well, tell us about, it. first of all, you. Um, you come from a family of food. Well, it's, it's easy to say for just about any Italian family. It's like uh, you know, w- what are you eating? You know, that's sort exactly of the, the right. first thing you, we you ask.
3: Oxygen, we breathe oxygen. We eat. food. Yeah, it's uh, basically it's in our blood. But yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just a I'm just a local Melbourneian mm. Italian background. Grew up, uh, you know. Grew up in uh, well, grew up in Essendon, Strathmore. Yeah. Uh, family full of chefs. Grandfather's got a pastry. A where where, where, shop. The, where are the parents from? Uh, dad's from Syracusa, from Solo. Yes. And mum's mum was born in Ostia, which is in Rome, which yes. is just outside of Rome. Well, it's part of Rome. Ooh, yeah. Okay. Um, and then um, and then yeah, my grandfather moved out here in 1960. Mum was born in 58, so he moved out here when mum was two years old. They came out. Grandfather pastry chef opened up uh, places in uh, North Melbourne.
2: Yeah,
3: and then um, eventually moved on to opening a gelati shop in 1980, Casa oh, da really? Gelato, and we've been there for nearly 40 years. We're coming into 40 years. Where's Casa de Gelato? Uh, Casa de Gelato. Yeah, it's um you know where the park is on Logan Street next to the uh the the one that's been there for years and years the gelati shop. Is
2: that your parents' really? That's my yeah. That's my some of the parents. best gelati in... Yeah. In in Melbourne, that's where it all began. That's where it all began. Mm -hmm. I mean, the only thing that maybe uh, well, we'll sort of how do I the equals it maybe is maybe um, you know Spring Street. You've been to the had the gelato in Spring Street.
3: Mm, No, which one's that?
2: Uh, That's um, Greta Hmm? At grocer, at grocer, at the front. Yeah, they've got oh, all these yes, the, yes, the yes, yes, there. Yep, it's yes, it's the gelato yes. you can't see. Yes, I, um, <laughs> which which, which I, w- at the beginning I thought was a very very strange thing, but then it was explained to me that <laughs> you, sir, have um, did your part of your. I'm not sure. If where was whole, part the whole, whole thing.
3: The, yeah, I started well. So obviously going back, I. Um, how I long ago at, was that? I worked at Florentino, so I started in two thousand. I started work experience in two thousand and three. How'd you get the gig? Uh, look, my and my that, guys. I was it
2: Grossi then? It was Grossi then, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, yeah. So, guys, guys, father, Guy Grossi's father. Um, Pietro, knew my grandfather. Um, <gasps> knew my grandfather.
2: So, so Pietro was at Florentino, wasn't he?
3: He wasn't. No, he uh, well, he moved there when I was there. He'd already passed.
2: Yeah, but, but um, he was. Uh, yeah, Pietro had one, cooked it yeah, at. Yeah, once upon a time. Yes. Yeah.
3: But But um, he knew my grandfather, and so my so guy knew my family. Um, my uncle, being yeah, a said, chef as well, yeah, said hey, hey, um, the,
2: the boys okay. I know yeah, him. yeah, yeah. I can speak for <laughs> we him. We sat
3: down. We had cigars. You sit you know, down <laughs> glass of wine <laughs> <Yeah.
2: laughs> that's the music playing
3: in the background that's amazing yeah uh, my uh, yeah so my uncle's like if you want to be a chef if you're serious about it yes. you know, you have to work at Florentino's you have to work with Guy yeah um, I went in to have an, a meeting with Guy sat down for 45 minutes waiting for him to come out he came out he sat down and he goes mm. when do you want to when do you want to come and work in the kitchen I go whenever you can he goes cool I'll see you next week and that was <laughs> it so I waited 45 minutes
2: anyway the rest is history really yeah so wait 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 yeah yeah come on in
3: yeah he's like as like oh, work experience and then um, first job was cleaning a good ten to fifteen boxes of baby artichokes and then yeah that was my first job cleaning artichokes and that's the guy so weird because well the guy that's... explained to me that was one of the jobs that one of the first jobs that you know that
2: they that we do I was just going to say that yeah. because that's one of guy's things yeah. I remember reading somewhere that he remembers. Yeah. Coming to Florentino with his dad and cleaning Clean artichokes, artichokes. Yeah, it was
3: one of my first jobs, cleaning artichokes. And that's, that was like, I was wow. like kind of almost like now looking back and it's a special moment. Yeah. Um, anyway, I ended up staying there for 11 years and um, running the grill and all that and then did you run the grill yeah around the grill sure. gee must be pretty good oh you know
2: uh, yeah. there, yeah. i think it's
3: just the thing is, it's well it must be just because i'm italian you
2: know he's like he's it italian he can go to the grill yeah you're gone. <laughs> you know, so, so, so okay so you would have and this is the thing about florentino is that it's um it's like it's a representation of society there's all these different little stratas you've got the the dizzy heights of upstairs with the mural room, where I think Chris Rodriguez is uh, Rodgers, is right. uh, is still doing his his thing, and then there's that mid range, which is the grill, yeah. and then the entry point, the starting of democratization. dare uh, we say it, is the bar.
3: Yeah, but but uh, the, the, the amazing the amazing thing about um, about Florentinos is that uh, you know the what like Guy says it's got to be almost better food. Mm. in the cellar rather than upstairs because if you can't do good easy food good then you can't do good fine dining food so
2: we're going to find out where matthew tina uh went after uh, florentino at <laughs> twelve fifty. after this matthew tina is uh with us here at the uh at the top end of the hour here on eat it. so glad to have you along my name's cam smith me, I have. I'm Matt Seven, just pushing the buttons and flickering paper around. Yes, sorry, um, Matt. So you did um, your time at uh, Flows. Yes.
3: Yeah, so then, um, what you do? Uh,
2: yeah, how'd you, how'd you find your place in Fitzroy? So uh, 2016,
3: I uh, 2016, 2016, head, yep, right there. Yes. <laughs> I decided. Um, I decided it was my time had come, um, yeah. and I got actually got a job in Macau as a head chef at Saint Regis. Um, yeah, yeah I didn't so, that's, know that. yeah, so that's why I was, um, I was ready to go, contract signed, all, mm. all well and good. Everything going to happen. And then, uh, my best mate actually said to me, he's like, um, you know, you don't need to go. Cause I had like started getting cold feet. It's like, you don't need to go. You're a free person. Do what you want. And I really want to open a restaurant. So I went on the internet and on Christmas Eve, I signed the contracts for, um, my for the restaurant
2: which is called
3: cool. uh, which is called Mr. Ottarino it's in uh, Fitzroy cool. uh, It's just opposite the famous night Cat.
2: Yes. Um, we're Good a location.
3: Yeah, we're a beautiful Victorian building. So it's like walking into your own, like to, walking into a house. It's nice and warm and cozy. We do, you know, I try to um, mix it up between doing some um, like moderny Italian things and try and keep it keep it to my roots as well. And do, like doing my nunnas um, rice stuffed chicken that she does in Christmas.
2: Uh, you know, funny I, you should mention that. Because Matt was saying I passed him over the menu and um, he said, uh, "What did you say? I think I'll have the gnocchi." Yep, he was ordering for us. <laughs> yeah, so it's a long distance order. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. We'll have the gnocchi and uh, I want to have the chicken, which is not something I often say at a restaurant. Because what
1: is
3: chicken? Yeah, no, no but, but chi- chicken sounds our, fantastic. It's our dish. The chicken mm-hmm. is our honestly. It's our. Um, it's our go-to dish. People love it. I mean, it's... what's
2: the secret of Nana? Can, can you tell me? I
3: can't say the secret. I really. can't. Okay, but but okay.
1: can you
2: give us a hint?
3: Rice and chicken go really well together. Rice and chicken. Uh, yeah, because it's stuffed with rice. So so when um and rice going, and
2: chicken and gravy in the, and the uh, oh yeah
3: gravy on it and then roasted the vegetables go with it. So it's honestly it's a winner of a dish. Yes, and it's such an easy thing to do. And um, you can like I tunnel bone them and take the bones out, which is Whoa. Com- that's a complicated way of doing it. Yeah, but. You don't need to. Just make a, you make a nice rice. Don't cook it all the way. Stuff the back of the chicken. And as it cooks, the rice soaks up all that beautiful chicken juice. And,
2: and, and makes everybody makes smile.
3: It makes everyone smile. What do
2: you drink with it?
3: Oh, you know, I like a nice well, I, most people would go for a glass of white with something like that, but yeah, I the well, first
2: first thing we said was shardy, mm. but then we sort of thought a, maybe a red would be nice. yeah, anyway Nebbiolo.
3: I've got a beautiful I've got a beautiful Primitiva at work which actually goes really well with it because it's nice and light, it's quite light and and it actually goes well. So it's almost a um, it's almost a summery white wine, that's why I see it, but it goes really well with the chicken. It's delicious. It's but we do all freshly handmade pastas. I mean, I try and do everything from well. We do do everything from scratch, and mm. I make my life hard for myself. I'm in the middle of making salami at the moment. I've got I've got 50 kilos of salami meat. I've just boned out a pig. How, stink.
2: And, and and how many how many people are uh, sort of around the table there's, doing that?
3: There's 10 of us at the moment. There. 10. I've are got, they listening? Yeah. Well, they. Do you want to say hello? Well, I don't know if they're listening,
2: but g'day, guys. Well, they bloody should be. I hope so. No, they're probably... Yeah, what... It, do, well, they should be, what, should be salami... is a bit quieter, isn't it? Because it's like tomatoes is really full yeah, on.
3: Uh, it's not for everyone. You know, bringing out the big pig and putting it on the table is not for... Well, obviously
2: something. not, and especially in the middle of <laughs> Fitzroy. But, yeah, exactly right. But I guess the important thing that I hope that people can understand is this... Is what flows through your veins, and it's about maintaining cultural traditions yeah, that have been passed on through generations upon yes. generations. Because because what you're doing is you're standing on the shoulders of those that have come before you.
3: Well, hundred percent. I think that. Well, the whole. The whole point to uh, Miss Otterino is, is what, what my goal and aim for Miss Otterino was to, um, and it's called Miss Otterino because my grandfather's Thank name you. is Otterino. Yeah, that we. Um, so it's basically, on your mother's side. Well, it's basically we're calling it um, vintage cuisine with a modern kick, um, and it's basically it's it's basically a collaboration of it's just trying to honour the people that have come before us and trying to show some of the flavours. I mean, we're especially in Melbourne because we've got our own the traditions that have been brought down here have stuck with us. Uh, well, we're trying to stick with it. But well, some in, in
2: people call us the 21st region of Italy. Yeah, it's
3: true. Because in Italy, actually, the food has actually started progressing forward. Yeah. But we're stuck with the traditions from the 50s and 60s and the 70s. So, the way that, so when people come here and eat some of my food <laughs> Italians, they go, you cook like my nonna. Yeah. And I go, that's amazing that you say that because that's just how I know how to cook Italian food. Yes. So it's an amazing. We're, we're very lucky in Melbourne that we've got this special, our own Italian Melbourne culture. Um, you know, if we don't respect it, then we'll lose it, and if we lose it, we'll lose it forever. So well, that's... if
2: you if you if you try to derivate away from it, one of the things that I've noticed is about Italians is, and a great example of that was Jamie Oliver, going to Italy in his little VW van <laughs> and trying to trying to just put his little ideas and changing things with the Italians. Yeah. You know, yeah. hey, wouldn't it be oh. great if we just you know did that? And all of a sudden. The finger yeah. comes up. The <laughs> wagging finger going. No. Yeah. You don't do that. No. Yeah. Why you not put oh. capsicum with this?
3: That's like my it's like my melanzane parmigiana but not melanzane parmigiana. What's melanzane
2: parmigiana? So it's like an eggplant lasagna.
3: It's eggplant lasagna but we don't put mozzarella in it. We put breadcrumbs in it. Yes. Um, and just and just a good sauce um, and oregano. Uh, but we, we pan fry them, shallow fry the eggplants in oil and cut them really thin. So it's lots of layers and it's really moist. And, but uh, one oh. of my chefs goes, why don't we grill them because it's easier to do. And, and I'm like, mate, oh. mate, mate. mate. <laughs> just step away from yeah, yeah. the melanzani, mate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you,
2: you've just blown the gig. <laughs> yeah,
3: step away from the All right, here's something I haven't
2: <laughs> asked any, anyone for a while, um, but uh, the death row meal. Um, you're Italian mm. and I'm just running, if you were going to have your very, very last meal, what would it be?
3: So actually we were talking about this today, about, while making slime. Really? Yeah. Oh, actually, okay. It's funny. You said yeah, it. Prepared. I think that one of my, my, my mum makes a uh, lentil soup, but, um, it goes guadiato. We call it guadiato. means it's basically a Sicilian word. It means gonfiato, which means it's swollen. So, you know, when the soup has got pasta and it goes so swollen, yeah, yeah. it's thick. Yeah. That's uh, growing up. That's my mother's that name. What do you call that? We call it Guadiato. Guardiato. guardiato. So that's, when, that's
2: the thing when yeah. the pasta yeah, you know, thickens sw- up. Yeah, it's a name for so it. So you guys have a name for a name that? Name for that? Yeah. <clears throat> I don't love Italians.
3: So it's a silly name. So yeah, that's and that I think that would be it because it's so just reminds us of, of home. That's it. Uh, that that would be it because I think that I mean you don't want to go. I don't want to go anything that's crazy. You just want something that feels like home and something that's warm and comforting. It Gives you a hug. You get a, dr- a, you you a drink it. with that. Do I get a drink with it? Yeah. Do yeah. a drink with it? Yeah. I'll just go have a nice glass of Pinot Noir. Just, yeah. a, big, a, a, just a small litre glass of Pinot Noir. <laughs> Thank you very, very much. That's my and, last meal. So and, <laughs> and,
2: a, and a little bit of some nice bread. Um, yeah. Mr. Otterino, where is it?
3: It's on uh, it's 122 Johnson Street, Fitzroy. Come down.
2: Uh, when is it open?
3: It's open up uh, dinners uh, Tuesday to Sunday and lunch Thursday through
2: to Sunday. So, yeah, look online. Have a look at the menu. Um... You might have to order ahead for the nonnas roast. Now you do lots of those, don't you? Uh, I can't keep up. <laughs> <coughs> Thank you. Bless you. <laughs> hey, it's kind. It's a, I get a beautification on the <laughs> yeah. Sunday. I didn't know you're a priest as yeah, well. Yeah. Thank you, Matt, for coming well, in. Okay. Thank you, Matt, over there on the on the panel. Thank you, Cam. Um, this has been a lot a lot of fun. Uh, we should uh, let you know Neil's uh, coming up soon. We're yes. still here. Yes, he looks like he's ready. Yes, he's poised. He's got his thumbs up. His guest's ready too. Yeah. They're waving. It's going to be a lot of fun. Also next week, mm-hmm. food safety. We've got someone from the Department of Health to come in yes. and talk about uh, what we should be doing in the kitchen to mm-hmm. keep ourselves safe. Matt, thanks again thanks for coming again. in. Thanks for, having me thanks for listening everyone. Sorry I've gone over time. See you next week.
0: This has been a podcast from 3RRR 102.7 FM in Melbourne. Truly independent community radio. Want to hear more? Check out our website at rrr.org.au